it's just, um, it's just nice to be real. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Um, we are back with alumni connections and, you know, I, I've been joking saying I found another AmeriCorps alumni, <laughs> but it's really not hard to find people that want to come in and talk about service year. So, um, I'm so excited. Welcome to the AmeriCorps connections where we catch up with AmeriCorps alumni to reflect on their service year and learn what they're up to now, which is what I'm so excited about. I'm Nikki Fiaco and I'm a proud AmeriCorps alum from Volunteer Maryland. Now, while my service year was important and impactful, and I certainly made a difference in my community. One of the skills and the biggest takeaways was the connections and the networking and um, just believing in myself and my ability. And that's really, I wanted to continue that after my service year. Um, so that's why I developed AmeriCorps Connections. And um, each week I get to um, reel in, wrangle in another AmeriCorps alumni and have conversations with them and learn about their service year, and then most exciting to me is what they're up to now. Um, so today, I'm really excited to be connecting with Chrissy Heine, a Teach for America, a Teach for America alumni, and also a past uh, TFA program staff. Um, she and I connected um, when I was participating in the Failure Lab She training, which we'll go into later on in through our our conversation. Um, and she was a facilitator, and I just was like, this is a beautiful soul. And I found out she was an AmeriCorps alum. And I was like, sweet, I could have, I could have bring her on my podcast. Um, but I was instantly drawn to Chrissy's energy and the attention and the, we were vibing right away. So um, as we'll learn, uh, Chrissy is also a facilitator, a coach, a keynote, um, and what else? Oh, a mama of two and an overall rock star. So um, I am personally so happy to know she exists on this planet. And I know this world is better because she's here. So Chrissy, I want you to take it away. And just so you all know, we've already been talking for like a half hour. I finally just was like, we have to start recording. <laughs> it's my fault. It's my fault. So we'll do the best to stay focused. Yes. Okay. Chrissy. Best wishes with that. You were in a long line of people who've tried to keep me focused for the last 20 years. Uh, first of all, I think it's awesome that you're doing this and really, really excited to be here. Um, would it be best to start with kind of my core experience or? Yeah. Um, where did you start? Like, yeah. why did you serve? Where did you serve? And when did you serve? And then we'll follow the pebbles. Okay, perfect. Um, I was an O2 Phoenix Corps member. Um, so I taught third grade in Phoenix, Arizona. And when I was in college, actually, I was like debating between Teach for America and Peace Corps and just kind of vacillating between those two pretty regularly. I really was torn about which I wanted to do. I was an education major, so I knew I wanted to be a teacher, but I was really drawn to like this idea at that time to like go and be with a group of like-minded people who were going to make me better. It was like, oh, I can do this thing that I already want to do with a bunch of support that's going to make me even better in the classroom. And so dropped my envelope in the actual U.S. mail. <laughs> um, and and got in and honestly, like I was surprised and we talked about this a little bit in the pre-call, mm -hmm. like I, my whole journey at TFA, I sort of always felt like I snuck in. And then once I got in, I was like, oh my God, they're letting me stay and they're giving me more opportunities, um, which was really other amazing people within the core experience kind of kind of supporting me and helping me see myself and helping me see my strengths and developing me and giving me more opportunities. And so, um, yeah, it, it changed the course of my life and 
I'm right. such a big fan of synchronicities and it's like the, you know, the, the teacher will show itself when the student is ready, right? Like, so yeah. you were second guessing yourself. You kind of knew what you wanted to do. You felt like an imposter. And then yeah. the universe met you where you were and put you in a group of people that empowered you. Yeah. Yeah. And changed your life. Yeah. And it was, it was mostly like, you know, it was like, I was constantly always getting stretched to do something before I was ready to do it, mm -hmm. including and starting with teaching. Like I'll never forget my first day of teaching full day. Um, and I was like an ed major. So in my head, I was like, I sort of know what I'm doing. I had just student taught for a semester and like, I was out of activities by like 10 AM. Like I read aloud oh for the rest of the day. Like I lost my voice because I was like, oh, like this is, this is a lot, you know, this is a lot yes. to, to negotiate and plan. But I like loved it. I loved sort of not being great at something and endlessly pursuing it. I mean, it's also what exhausted me about being in that profession, but I was like intellectually and energetically stimulated. And so working um, part-time in the summer, which was really my second sort of stretch of like, okay, now we're going to take the skills you learn in the classroom and you're going to help other incoming core members develop the skills they need. It was like these series of women, mostly managers who were like, hey, I think you can help now maybe try this and mm -hmm. maybe you can now try this. And all of those experiences just helped me realize like what I love to do, what I'm great at what I want to do more of and all of those honestly directly shape what I do today. So it's kind of crazy to go back. This was 20 years ago that I started this over 20 years ago that I started this experience and it's hundred percent prevalent in what I do today. Yeah. That's it's, it's so, I, I like the idea of not only was, did you have a group of people that were supporting you and pushing you out of your out of your comfort zone, which is such a theme that I've heard from really? just about everybody that I've spoken to. Yeah, they're like, like I forget who it was. I think it was Kate Morton, um, episode like four or five, and she said I had to keep moving the bar yes. because I would move outside my comfort zone, but then I would be comfortable, and yes. then they would move me. You know, and I, but there's not only is it the experience, it's the person being willing to. Yeah be pushed out of your comfort zone, right? Like yeah. you must've, there must've been something inside of you that was like, I, yeah, okay. For me, this is, this was my driver. Uh, if they believe I could do it, well, then I guess I got to figure out how to do it. <laughs> you say that because as you were talking, I'm like, I don't know if this is a good answer, but what helped me believe it is that someone that I deeply respected and I was looking at them like, Oh my God, she's so, such a badass, you know? And like, she yeah. thinks that I should have a job with this level of responsibility. Then I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to tell her, are you sure? Like triple check. And then if you still think I am, then I want to like figure out how to, to like live up to that expectation. Um, yes. And, and I was constantly getting developed along the way mm -hmm. with great coaching and great training and great conversations that were also informal with other people who were also pushing themselves out of their comfort zone. Right. Mm -hmm. So there was like this ritual of, of that movement that you're talking about where it's like, okay, we're going to go. And it started with the core, it started with teaching. Oh my gosh, we're all doing this thing that is so important to us that we are so unsure that we know how to do well, but the conversations that come from that which are really about like understanding what you're capable of and understanding mm -hmm. securities like that. I could say to somebody else, I think that they accidentally let me have this job and they have it. And then someone else say, I feel that too, you know? And then you're like, why do you feel that in those 
relationships and conversations were as influential for me and my development and my sense of self as as a professional development that I would go to and sit in. You know what I mean? Because it's like mm-hmm. like-minded people pushing themselves in that zone of comfort or out of that zone of comfort and and having those conversations. It was just like, like I can't say enough about how much it's changed my life and how much all of those people and relationships now, again, enable me to work for myself for a living. And it's because of that network. It's literally only because of that network. It's not like, I don't even know how I would have done this without, without that. Mm -hmm. So after your service, after you were an AmeriCorps member, you were given an opportunity. You said, I think in the pre-interview, you were like, I was like a mini professor and you were creating (laughs) curriculum. Yeah. This is, this is when you officially moved out of service and into a job for all those folks out there. A service year is not a job. So just do not call it a job. You're really? I, I didn't know that. Well, I yeah. will teach through America might be a little bit different. Little yeah, bit different. yeah. Yeah. A little bit different. Yeah. But like, yeah. like in America world, in AmeriCorps world, the word job in or employee is like, oh, where's oh, really? the soap? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and we'd have to train people like, don't call them staff. Um, okay. But yeah, okay. it's a little different okay. with Teach for America. But now, but you now were getting paid and employed by Teach for America, right? Yes. Exa- uh, yes, exactly. I was working full time and it's funny because, you know, when you think about like finding your purpose, it's like so weird how young we have to do that. You know, it's like you're 18. You're like, I guess I'll be a teacher. And and a huge part of me, it's like my whole childhood was like, like setting up fake school for like my little sister and the neighborhood kids. And my mom got me these like garage sale desks. So it's like, I knew what I wanted to do. And then as I got these other experiences with TFA, like this mini professor job, um, if TFA alum are listening, they're like, oh, you were a curriculum specialist. Um, and I was like, whoa, like facilitating to adults is like, like lit me yeah. up. Like, like just, there's something about that dynamic where I felt I got to talk about teaching, which at the time was like my number one, like love is like, how can you become a great teacher? Well, I got to be funny and, you know, the humor and the storytelling that you can do with adults is just a little bit different than, than what I could yeah. do with third graders. Um, and so that really like tapped me into this idea of facilitating and working with adults, facilitating learning for and working with mm-hmm. and managing adults. Um, and so I, I worked there for 15 years, kind of with an increasing level of responsibility. Again, like always like, are you sure? Like, like just waiting for them to realize that. Yes. Like, like, like who let this lady in charge? Like she, she like is clearly like, I just never felt like I fully fit the mold, which was like a me problem. Nobody else. Yes. You know, everybody has their own individual experience with TFA and, and I honor that. But for me, which obviously comes with a lot of privilege. Like I, I, I just felt like no one else was putting that on me. Everybody else was, yep. was, was, was gassing me up and like, Oh my God, like, you're so good at this. You're so good at that. And, and so that gave me a lot of experiences that kind of shifted my love of education and teaching into a love of like adult learning and management and team culture. And how can you make work a place that doesn't suck? And how can you make it really fun while you also mm-hmm. do really exceptional work? And how can you help, how can, how can you help other adults who might be questioning why they have the seat to like see their insane levels of power 
and talent and skill as, as their manager or as their peer and, and really grew to like become obsessed about that. Yeah. So like what I originally was like, so scared to work with adults coming from third graders. Like I, there was a part of me that was like, I mean, I was like 24. It's not, I was like, not an adult. You know what I mean? Like I was I like know. literally I barely, think we are. I think my like frontal cortex was still closing in on itself. So so I was like, I was really scared, but over a lot of failing actually flamboyantly and kind of like figuring out which parts of me could show up for that task. I grew to like, really, really love it. Um, and yeah. Which leads you, I mean, we might as well go there. Right. So I think, was it the beginning of the pandemic in 2020 yeah. that you, you, you just pivoted? Yeah. I, um, I got laid off like a lot of people because the, the, pandemic made our team sort of inherently need to change because we were an in-person training experience at that time. Um, and so you were going to have an opportunity to either reapply for a new role um, as they were restructuring or take a severance. And it was like, I just like, even today, I'm like, I can't believe I did. I don't know if I could ever have done it. It's talking about synchronicity, right? Where it's just yeah. like, yep. it was the weirdest, easiest yes I've ever had to make, like, even I was like, this is pretty risky. You know, I, I had just been divorced a year. I was trying to figure out finances on my own. I have two kids, as you mentioned. So it was like, not a very logical. Yes. Like I always say, like, even my mom was like, honey, we like love you so much and believe in you, but like, is this the time to like do this task? I'm like, what's your plan? I'm like, I don't really have a plan, but I had had this like dream. Like I was, I was sort of like done thinking about teacher training. And yep. all of the energy I had done it for 20 years and I was reaching the end of curiosity about it. And there was a lot of people that were very curious about it and could have done a job better than me. And I sort of felt that, um, mm. like I have a lot of energy. So when it's not there, I know it, everybody else knows it. It's mm. pretty obvious. And so at that time I was like, I just want to like help managers. I think that, that I could do something with manager training and manager coaching because it's such a key role to organizations that it absolutely gets like zero support. Um, and so, yeah, so I took that leap and, and that's obviously evolved over the last of the course three years, but, but that's, that was the impetus for leaving in the first place. So what did you start doing? So I am a big believer in taking leaps of faith. I mean, yeah. like I took a job in a state that I had never set foot in. Yeah. <laughs> like when they hired yeah. me, I'm like, you know, that I have never, I've driven through this state like four times. Yeah. And, and, you know, it didn't, ultimately it didn't work out for long-term, but it was a wonderful experience. And I met new people and I saw new things and I ate new food and pimento cheese on yeah. hamburgers are amazing. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I didn't know that South Carolina had its like special pimento cheese, but I will drive down to get that, yeah. okay. just for that hamburger. <laughs> yeah. It was so yeah. good, you know? And so take like, just and I, yeah, like taking a leap of faith and just be like, um, everything's always working out for me, yeah. right? Like yeah. everything's always working yeah. out for me. So what, like, okay, yeah, so, let's so, go there. so, so full transparency, the first thing I did, so the first thing I did was not work. So I was like, I know that I'm going to, I, I, I have the severance and I'm going to take June and July and like, just be with my kids. We've just been through mm. like virtual school, you know, all this crazy Ugh. stuff at that time. Um, and then once I started to come back online, a couple things happened. One, um, this is so, this is like full circle-ish. So a few things happened at the same time. First, a TFA alum, shout out to Sam and Kate. 
they reached out to me and they were like, Hey, we have this job for you to do. Like, can you do it? And I was like, Hey, I don't think I'm the best person for this job. I could probably give you 10 other people. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just, it'd be happy for us. If you, just did it. you know? Yeah. So, so they, so it was like work came to me and I mm-hmm. was kind of like, Oh, I didn't even have to try for that. You know, like work came and, and at the time That's I was kind of like, okay, this will help me feel less guilty about not working because I could do it when my kids weren't here. And I was like, great. It's just enough work to keep me kind of intellectually engaged mm-hmm. while I don't work. And then, and then I started applying for jobs right away. And I couldn't even tell you right now, like, I, I'm like, why did I do that? Like, I, like there was a sense of safety that was like yep. really calm. Absolutely. Like, like girl, yeah, you want to write like, that's what check? you do. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like, I, I did not want to fail flamboyantly. I wanted to have a paycheck and benefits that predictably came to me. And so I had this one interview with this organization. And all I can tell you, Nikki, is I was like, let me know when you want me to start. Because I thought I like crushed the interview. I was like 10 out of 10. Yes. I can't wait for them to call me right back and be like, could you start tomorrow? And I didn't get the job. And so it was like kind of confusing. Like there was definitely a part of me that was like, what? But then there was a part of me that was like, see, Chrissy, oh, okay. are, yeah. like that, that feeling of like, you think you're going to go work for yourself on management and this company won't even mm. hire you to do basic shit that you think you could do that you think you just crushed. Right. So I was kind of like, I was like, Ugh. so then I called yeah. um, another TFA mentor who had been a mentor to me, like, since I became on staff, Rachel, shout out if you're listening. And I was like, Rachel, like, I didn't get this job. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, if they don't hire me, like, why would I ever think I could do this on my own? And she was like, why the fuck are you applying for a job? I was like, because Mm. I don't know. And she's like, go and try to like, see if you can do this. And if you want to get a job with a company that will always be waiting for you, but like, you haven't really tried to do this thing that two months ago, you called me and were like lit on fire to go do. And I was like, you're right. And she can't help me be like, they don't, they don't want, if they're not your people, if, if you're not their people, you're not their people. If you can't yep. be exactly who you are, then that's not a fit. It's not something about them. It's not something about you. It's just like, oh, we're not a match. Right. So you kind of got me. And so by the end of that call, she's like, what's something you can do right now? No one, she's like, no one knows you're working for yourself. Mm. I was like, I guess, is it not a business strategy to like keep that business private? <laughs> like, I didn't go to business school, but like I, my current strategy is to pray that people find me and like maybe heard through the grapevine that I'm working for myself. Yeah. And she was like, why don't you put on social media? You know, she kind of gave me this strategy, like, Hey, I want to do management coaching. I want to do training. Is there, you know, is there anybody willing? I have a set of questions I want to ask kind of to like collect information about where yep. I, I was like, okay, I'll post that by Friday. And she's like, what's your goal for how many people? And I was like, five. She's like, great. Nikki, <laughs> I posted this post on social media. I should go like find it. Yes. And I, and two things happened to your point of synchronicity. One is within an hour, I had 56 people signed up by the time I had to close the form because I was just like, I can't, I, I, I was like feeling guilty that I was gonna have to say no to people who were offering their time. Right. So by the end of that day, I had like, let's say a hundred people who had filled out the form who were willing to talk to me about like I was trying to do like a little bit of a, I forget what it's called. Like it was kind of like a, a niche research, like yeah, market research. manager, what is you? Yeah. Market research. <laughs> like, what would you hope you would have gotten? What are some of the things that, da, da, da. so that happened. So that right there was like a, like an energy boost of like Chrissy, like, yes, you have 
a network. Like, you know, the best people, like you haven't, you've done some decent things in the last 20 years with your career and you've been a decent human being and everybody's reflecting that back to you. You know, like, like they're saying, yes, yes. You know what I mean? Like you're someone I want to support. So that was just like a, you know, like a boost, like a boost of, of affirmation that like what I wanted and felt like I could do, I could do. I was just going to, I'm going to say real fast. Yes, please do. That is exactly what happened to me with this podcast. So I, yes, like I have been listening to podcasts before listening to podcasts was easy. I would say like it was in, I think I started listening in 2016. I could only download like two, you know, it would fill up my memory on my iPod, you know, (laughs) whatever. Um, And so I've been listening forever and I've always been like, I really want to do a podcast. I want I want to be on a podcast. I want to have a podcast. And then I started doing this momentum with a uh, Volunteer Maryland alumni because I was director for Volunteer Maryland. So then I started like a an alumni group on LinkedIn and then I started and then exactly what you said. It was last year, November, 2022. I was sitting down in my apartment in South Carolina and I'm like, I wonder if anybody in the AmeriCorps alumni group would be interested in being on a podcast. And I just dropped it in there. 150 people yeah. sent me back. Yes. I'm like, that's like two years if I yeah. do once a week. Right. Right. Well, and I cannot get enough stories like this. And because of what I do now, I'm constantly inundated with them, which just like reaffirms my faith, really. It, what it is, is it's like, yep. if you put energy towards the thing that you want. And it's hard because you you don't start with the podcast. You don't start with working for yourself, but it's like that little one little step. And then you get like a piece of information you take one little step and you get a piece of information. And that's been what's happened to me over the last three years and in stories like this. And yeah. Then a big part of my coaching practice ironically is now this thing, because I have such a passion for this in the same way that I had for management and for making work a place where we communicate well and have empathy and, you know, so I, I can't get enough of stories like that. So tell us a little bit about um, what this is. Like what is, so if somebody was to do a coaching with Chrissy, like what, like what are your strategies? Like, could you coach me through something right now? Right? Like, what is this? Yeah. Oh, you're so excited. She's leading yeah. this. <laughs> if you're not watching this right now, you're going to want to go find the YouTube. I don't know how far are we in 30 minutes or something. She's, she adjusted her seat and she's leaning in. So yeah, yeah. we're going to get like the Chrissy coaching. I'm trying. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's like, I, so because I, the, the other thing that happened on that post was the failure lab thing, which has been so amazing and, and coaching people through their relationship to failure and stress and discomfort um, and how that shows up at work, but also in their life. And so as I was coaching more and more managers, which were predominantly badass women, quite frankly, I was feeling this, it was less about management and more about this idea of like this feeling that they wanted something more or different than what they currently had, that they were like totally maxed out, totally exhausted, not giving enough to their family, not giving enough to their partner, not giving enough to themselves, feeling overwhelmed, all these things. And so part of what I love now, part of what I feel like so passionate about is working with badass women, empowering them to lead, lead, lead their life on their terms. And like really saying the quiet thing out loud. Like, I think that everybody has a little podcast idea 
a little, and it might be like, I want to try pottery and I've wanted, I waited 40 years and I'm just like not doing it. And, and all of these little things kind of change the shape of our life and make it more delightful or less delightful to live it. And I, and I think like that experience in a coaching conversation around what is it that you really want? What is a fulfilled life look like to you right now? Is that the other a hard question? To it's answer. so hard. It's so hard, you know, because it's so a couple of things that you said, number, like, even if people just want to start pottery, something that we also have to remember is just because I wanted to try pottery or sing or write or, or a podcast, I don't have to do it forever. And I don't have yes. to be the best at it and I don't have to make money at it, you know, and, and yes. I don't have to be, you know, whatever. Yes, and exactly. Like, like society is just like, oh, you're going to do pottery. Yeah. Are you going to sell mugs? Yeah. What if you, what if, are you going to do it in six yes. months? You know, like. Yes. Yes. And it, that's exactly it. And like trying to shift from, because that, that question of like for now, I'm always trying to tack on to the Love end. That. Right. And you kind of just said, it. it's like. Love that. You maybe want to do pottery for now. You want to do this podcast for now. I want to work for myself for yeah. now. If I think about working for myself for the rest of my life, I get completely just shut down. It's so overwhelming. Like. It's just, it's like, what if, you know, it's like that, you know, I'm a bit, so if anybody were to come into my house right now, they would think I have um, dementia because I have sticky notes everywhere. Like I'm looking at one right now that says judgment, jealousy, um, comparison, confusion, doubt, lack. These are old habits and patterns of thoughts, change your thoughts. Right. And I love for now, like I'm going to have sticky notes all over my house now that says for now. Right. Like, Yeah. yeah. And then on the bigger, on the bigger questions too, it's like, if I'm coaching a woman in her forties, she has set her life up usually on some conditions and values that she had in her twenties and thirties or that were put on her or that were put on her. Right. And now she's like looking around and she's like, yes, I'm the CEO. Yes. I'm married. Yes. I have kids. Why am I miserable? Mm -hmm. And like, that's a scary question to look at, you know? And so I think once you kind of get this one-on-one space with a coach who has no investment in what you end up doing and only an investment in how we can pull out more of your being, more of your essence, Mm -hmm. more of your goals, your values, your desires, like that it feels so freeing. Um, It's scary and freeing. It's like both. Um, So another thing that I kind of lean into when that big question about like, what do you, I don't think you said, what do you want? I forget how exactly you phrased it. And I was like, that is just a really difficult question is something I try to think about. How do I want to feel? How do I want to feel? Like when we had our, um, our call last week or whatever, I, I told you like, before we started recording everybody, I was like, I was on a high for like five days. Like Christy and I vibed so hard. It was amazing. And I was like, we're going to rule the world. We're going to change people's lives. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to start leveraging the podcast and yeah. I'm going to get people change people's minds. Yeah. And then I just like, I just crashed and burned like after yeah. four days because my adrenaline was so high. But after I got my, pulled myself out of that, that weird hole and a lot of red wine, I think makes me cry. So I, <laughs> I got to figure out a better way. Yeah. 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 But I said, what did I feel like when, after I talked to Chrissy and I was like, I was, I was so full. I was, I was full of like, like the, my cup was running over. Right. And I'm like, I want to feel like that. And I don't want to bring it to the extreme, but I want to feel like that. So what makes me feel like that? And then I just like, 
I kind of went into my meditation and I was like, what else makes you feel that way? How can you surround yourself with that feeling and call that in, you know, spiritual gurus will be like, you know, raising your vibration, but it's true. I know the older I get, the more I'm like, I don't know if this is woo woo, but I know it's true, true. Like I, I feel, and like what you're saying, I just made a post about this today. So maybe it's not too much on my mind, but the coaching program that I, that I did sort of the very first session. And I, I, I think this is like a thing a lot of people know, but I had never heard of it and talking about sort of these two pieces of being a human and on one side of the scale is doing right. So it's all of the actions we take. It's all the questions we ask about, like, should I quit my job? Should I get a new job? Should I leave my marriage? Should I start dating? Should I take the pottery class? And we, we get really pulled as humans to that side because it's comfortable because we can control it and we can see it. But on the other side of the teeter totter is our being. And that's like our essence. That's our baby dreams. That's our emotions. That's our thought patterns. That's our beliefs. It's our values. And when these two things are out of alignment, we don't feel great. And we keep trying to like, what we ask our friends, what do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? What do you think I should do? When really the question should be around some much more difficult questions around what do I want to feel more of? What do I yes. want to feel less of? What matters to me right now? And you, you can't change your doing without changing your being and looking a little more closely. You can quit your job, but you're going to feel the same at the next Take job. yourself with you. Exactly. Take right? yourself with you. Like, I love that. Yes, exactly. So two, two things. This is so funny. Um, I just was listening to a podcast today um, and they brought up the do be do be do be do be do do be do be. Yes. That's the human experience. Do yes. be, do be. It was yes. a, it was an interview with Michael Beckwith and he's the founder of Agape. And he was, you know, talking about like just exactly what we're talking about here, but in the Michael Beckwith way of doing it. And another one, when I say you take yourself with you, this is funny. Oh, I don't know, over the fa- past like three years, four years, whatever, I've had the worst supervisors. And I'm like, right. It's what the common denominator is. I know, I know. know. Me. Yeah, I keep running into the same assholes. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. And like, I work with a lot of hyper achievers, women specifically. I work with a couple of great dudes, but mostly I work with women. And and they they, want to get out of what they're in, but then they get a new job and it's like smash cut to like the exact same and so until you really ask yourself, like, yes. what parts of me is this feeding? What do I feel like when I don't have this? Why is that? Then you, then you can't find a new way to do no. the thing that will help you. Yeah. It's the idea of the two wolves, right? Like the one that you feed is the one that's going to yeah. survive. Is yeah. it gonna, Are you going to feed the one? And, and also, uh, you know, the idea of taking responsibility for absolutely everything that you create in your life is not a good feeling, you know, right. it's just not a good feeling. I created, a, you know, a supervisor that fired me, right? Like yeah. I yeah. did that. Yeah. It yeah. Anything uh, that they did. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, yeah. it, I can create stories and make myself feel better yeah. but until we absolutely take responsibility for, and, and, and then you can change. Yeah. Like that's what I think is yeah. so powerful. And having a coach, like you said, that doesn't have, and, and I like that you said that because I went through coaching and I found it a little bit difficult for me because I, I, 
I did get attached to the outcome. I'm like, yeah. you said you were going to do it. You could totally do it. Like, do it, do it, do it, do it. And when they, they didn't do it, I was like, what is, th- yeah. you come back to me every week and you say the same thing, you know? And yeah, I'm like, yeah. yeah. so, but I like how you said that, you know, having the coach not attached to the outcome can help you get through these things and see these things about you if you're not willing to work on them yourself. Yeah. I like to work on them by myself because quite frankly, I'm self-conscious. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want people to know yeah. what an asshole I am. <laughs> no, I mean, and I, I get that a lot too. You know, it's almost like people, like they feel bad about yeah. coming to a call if they haven't done the thing that they said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and as if they're doing it for me, you know, and, and, and I get that, you know, most of us are more inclined to meet other people's expectations. You know, it's just like the habit stuff or, you know, yeah. like I, I might not go to the gym on my own, but if I told Nikki, I'm going to be there, I'm going to go. And, and so if, if accountability works for you in that way, then a coach can be a great like way to inch yourself, but it does require a ton of vulnerability yeah. to go to what is often a total stranger and let them into these parts of you that, that you're often even protecting from yourself. Um, yes. And so even when you don't take the step then the, that you said you wanted to take, then we can come back to being curious about, about why. Maybe we didn't get the right step. Maybe you thought you really wanted to do that, but you never did. Maybe you're afraid of failing at the thing. You know, there's another version of the story that I shared at the beginning where I called Rachel and, and she tells me to post and I say, okay. And then I don't post mm-hmm. because like my fingers literally freeze right before that, because mm-hmm. it's scary to do something that could t- confirm your worst fears about yourself. Buckets, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, so I just had a friend the other day and she works for herself and she's just like, I want to post about X, Y, and Z. I want to post about X, Y, and Z. I want to put it in the Facebook group of TFA alums, but I get so in my head once I da, 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 da. and then she called me and she's like, Let's I said, okay, it. let's close your eyes. Let's, cause it's like, it is about yeah. grounding in the present moment and the mm-hmm. truth lives here in that nanosecond. Everything else is a fear about what happened to the, from the past or a fear about what might happen in the future. And you're kind of, your thought patterns come in to protect you. Like it's, I always say like, it's really hard being human. Like it's really hard overdriving the ways in which our yes. brain like gets in our own way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've learned so much about myself from helping other people through these exact types because I face them myself, you know, yeah. there's, for every example I'm giving right now here where, where I got four momentum, I have twice as many about feeling like I'm still a fraud and don't know what I'm doing. And you know what I mean? No, it's just yes. like part of the human condition. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like I could talk to you for the, about all of this Same. stuff forever and ever. <laughs> um, but I, I want to touch base on uh, give failure lab a shout yes. out because that's how we, yeah. Um, connected and and I really was like when you first did the facilitation <laughs> she's so fun she's Aww. so fun it was so fun and I learned um it, it's it's a lot of the same stuff that you hear but yeah. it's coming at it in a different way coming yeah. at it through through failure and it's funny because um, I was thinking about this the other day I was a gymnast um I started gymnastics when I was like two years old and I blame everything on gymnastics and I'm grateful for everything yeah. with gymnastics yeah. because yeah. You know, I learned, I just, I learned how to just literally take a leap of faith, right? Like you have to throw yourself off of stuff and yeah. hope that you can land on the beam, right? Yeah. Or figure out, learn how to do it. But there was always somebody 
two two steps ahead of me or two classes ahead of me that was doing not just a, a double back they were doing a triple back on the floor yeah. and so like i had to figure out how to get myself jumping higher and you know being stronger to be able to do that and so i noticed though that like i, I literally said this to myself yesterday that i was like there's nobody there there's not classes in life right? Like I've been like driven so hard to like try to go forward and higher and reach the next thing. I think because I was just at a young age um, influenced by gymnastics, of course. And I'm like, there's no class in life. Like there's no, no steps. And I feel like the failure lab experience was something that kind of grounded me. And I'm like, and also made it an let's talk about real fast the whole thing about like when you're in that you've just had something adrenaline hit you had a conversation and and then you don't have that time to like process and relax you know like mm -hmm. the tiger chasing you and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I don't know that was just something that I took away from with the yeah. from the failure lab where yeah. I'm like okay go for a walk and exhale yeah, yeah. right yeah yeah um, failure lab has been like the best gift that ever like landed in my life. And that was the other thing that came of that post about managers is Anna Baton, who, um, works yes. with runs failure lab, who was just a parent at my kid's school. And we had passed each other kind of, you know, very lightly. She commented on that post. She was the first one. And she was like, I want to talk to you. Like, I think I have a perfect project for you. Um, and it, and it really is. So failure labs, um, the foundation of, go ahead. The, found, the founder and creator is an AmeriCorps alumni, right? Isn't he? Is he? I don't know if that's true. Yeah. I should know that. Yeah. I'm going to look. Jordan Jonathan? Yeah, look it up. Um, it's, it's, its goal is to really better understand yourself, better understand others, and better understand us and the ways we interact mm -hmm. and we communicate. And so the foundation of everything we do is a bunch of experiences that hopefully illuminate and spotlight Um ways in which that that might be able to happen through this lens of failure and distress um which is which is a perfect lens to sort of feeling like when am i more most inclined to react right because when we experience failure and i don't mean like massive failure like divorce i mean a missed deadline i mean saying the wrong thing i mean a typo on a presentation all of those kick up without any conscious thought or like choice or reaction in our body. And so a lot of what we do in the background at Failure Lab is around our stress and stress response cycle and understanding that when we are kicked up into that stress, when a stressor hits and the stress response cycle is activated, we literally lose access to logic and emotional intelligence. So that's so the, smart. That's so <laughs> we have to remember that. Yeah. And if you're a parent, you know that, right? You're like, mm. yeah. you know, and we can't even do this at home, let alone with people we work with and things like that. So understanding our own reactivity and the ways that impacts our tendencies and the ways we show up and how to take care of ourselves and feel our bodies. Like we try to use the 4% of our brain to basically yell at and manage the 96% of our body. And rather than from sort of a ground up and understanding like there is a beginning, middle and end to a stress response cycle and taking that breath and that walk and the, mm -hmm. using your senses to like let yourself go through that moment before you respond, pause the conversation, all of those things is a big part of what we do. And it's so much fun to facilitate Nikki, like, like, it's like part storytelling for me in comedy because I get to put myself as the butt of all the jokes, you know, of yeah. just like, why does feeding my kids 
buttered noodles at dinner make me feel profound feel, failure, yes, but I can yep. like not get a job and like move along. Like, I don't know. I just know that that's true for me. And so we do mm -hmm. a lot of experiences like that. And when you do activities like that in a group of people, you really realize and see, wow, not everybody thinks like me. Yes. Not everybody makes sense of this same experience as me. And so it's just like a one way, like bullet to empathy and, and mm. understanding and curiosity of like, why are you, you know, why are you like a 10 on buttered noodles? You know, it's like, yeah. well, because my identity as a mother is wrapped up in X, Y, and Z or, you know, in the work context, why are you a 10 if you don't meet a goal? You know, well, yeah. because my identity, you know, and so it just opens up all these like really cool conversations it's so fun. It's like the best. Mm -hmm. It's like the second best surprise to ever happen to me outside of TFA where I'm just like, wow, I get to do this at work. And it's so fun. I love that. And you're, so you guys do, um, failure lab, like all different types of trainings, um, within that scope, mm -hmm. um, for organizations, but you also have like groups where people yes. can just join. Um, yes. I mean, I've seen that and uh, put it, I think they, it's been dropped in LinkedIn a couple times. And yeah. I follow failure lab now. So, um, so it's something that actually, if a viewer or a listener was interested in, yes. um, would they just go to what failurelab.com yeah. or something? Yeah, exactly. Go to failurelab.com. We have some upcoming, we have an upcoming she cohort, which is the one you did, which is for women mm -hmm. in leadership. Um, we've been doing a couple like one off. We have one this week, actually, this podcast probably won't be out, but we've been doing these like on perfectionism. There's like mm -hmm. a real overlap between perfectionism and failure and, um, and things like that. Or we do it for teams and go into organizations who are kind of looking to facilitate some of these conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you're out there and you have a team want to facilitate some of these conversations, yeah. um, I up. highly recommend this. I think it just opens the door. Like definitely for me though, the remembering that people aren't coming from where I'm coming from is so yes. important. It's so important because I live in my own bubble, you know, yeah. I mean, with astrology and flowers and everything. Yeah, good, you know? I love it. And, yeah. And I can judo flip negative thoughts to have a positive experience. Like, you know, that's my superpower. Yep. I can always found, find the silver lining for most of the time, mm -hmm. but not everybody can, and not everybody mm -hmm. wants to. And yeah. so for me to remember that, like, I've got to hold space for people to process and mm -hmm. do whatever they need to do. And, you know, while I do tons of professional development and book readings, this and that going through a training is, is super important. So, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so really fun. I can't say enough about it. Like, you know, we have amazing facilitators and the, the questions that we explore and the, and the activities we do are just, are just so fun. I love it. Um, all right. So we're coming to an end. We could hey. just talk forever and ever, yes. but, um, I, closing th thoughts, um, last, <laughs> I don't know, like, so you, you're, you're coaching. So are yes. you open for like, if yeah. somebody was like digging that vibe and could use some help, um, yeah. how do we find you? Yeah. Uh, find me on LinkedIn. Um, I also have a, a sub stack, just Chrissy Heine sub stack. So I write a lot about sort of these types of topics and maybe you're not quite ready for a coach, but you're curious about some of the little nuggets um, that have helped me and other clients I've coached along the way. But if you, if you hit me up at LinkedIn, um, I would love to connect and yeah, just nothing but gratitude. Like I do, you know, life is just kind of like this series of dominoes that, that you knock over and that get knocked over for you. <laughs> um, yeah. and so I'm really, really grateful that our dominoes kind of cross paths in this way totally. that you asked me to be on this podcast and my AmeriCorps and Teach for America experience are like a huge, huge part of who I am. It's in my life 
everywhere to this day. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're out there and maybe you're earlier in your AmeriCorps process and you're listening to this, like yes. you have a lot of dominoes between where you're at and being 43. <laughs> so yes. your experience, wherever you're at along it will, will have a profound impact on your life if you let it. Yeah, absolutely. And if if somebody is listening to this and they're in their AmeriCorps year and they're wondering if it's worth, yes, stick it, stick it out, get through it, do whatever, and then connect with alumni. Because uh, one other thing that I'm hearing from alumni that I'm talking to is is people are really interested. Alumni are really interested in mentoring AmeriCorps members who are going through a service yeah. year right now. Yeah. Um, so you know, of course, when people challenge me with something like, "Hey, would that work?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'll figure it out." Um, yeah. You know, so. Anybody that's listening to this, it's you're just part of a group of alumni. And it's weird as humans, and you probably could tell us why with the brain, but like because somebody is an AmeriCorps alumni and they're in your in-group because you had an AmeriCorps experience, you're almost like, I can trust them a little bit more. You yes. feel a little bit more connected to them. Yes. Um, and so something else that Christy and I were talking about, well, I freaked out after I talked to her last week and I was like, we're going to have a mastermind group. And essentially a mastermind group would be like a closed group of people who like some of the ideas that we just talked about, some of the mindset shifts, some of the identity, identifying things within yourself and moving through. I don't know if you guys are interested in something like that, like reach out to Christy, reach out to me and maybe we'll put something together. This is yeah. called the leap of faith. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Put it out there. Put it out there. Yeah. Yeah. I think any anything to get people more energized about living a life that that feels really good to them. Um, I have a ton of energy for that. So I'm I'm down for something fun like Same. that for sure. Love it. And yeah. just for y'all, um, Jupiter is moving into Taurus tomorrow, May 16th. The podcast is not coming out tomorrow. So you're gonna hear this backwards, but it's gonna give you a lot of um, grounding in some of your goals and dreams oh. that you want to do for the next year. So Jupiter and Taurus, Taurus, just like if something pops into your brain, that thought is thinking you, you're not thinking the thought. So take, take the action. What? I didn't know that. Yeah. You just dropped some knowledge on me. Fun. I, I need that energy. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. This was absolutely wonderful. And I forgot to mention at the top that this um, is supported by the production of Dan Medivere, um, Time and Money Productions. Um, thank you, thank you. He is the mm. one that has gotten this podcast on every platform. Um, and he answers my questions when I'm crying in the middle of the night and I don't know how to. <laughs> um, so for the, we'll have another interview dropped on a Friday. So thank you all if you've made it this far. There's hopefully more to come with uh, Christy and I. So take care.